Hey everyone, it's Father Pat here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings for today are from the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle B. Our first reading is uh, from the book of Numbers. The Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses, taking some of the spirit that was on Moses. The Lord bestowed it on the 70 elders. And as the spirit came to rest on them, they prophesied. Now two men, one named Eldad and the other Medad, were not in the gathering, but had been left in the camp. They too had been on the list, but had not gone out to the tent. Yet the spirit came to rest on them also, and they prophesied in the camp. So when a young man quickly told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp, Joshua, son of Nun, who from his youth had been Moses' aide, said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses answered, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, the precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Though your servant is careful of them, very diligent in keeping them, yet who can detect failings? Cleanse me from my unknown faults. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. From wanton sin especially, restrain your servant. Let it not rule over me. Then shall I be blameless and innocent of serious sin. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Second reading is from the letter of St. James. Come now, you rich, weep and wail over your impending miseries. Your wealth has rotted away. Your clothes have become moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and that corrosion will be a testimony against you. It will devour your flesh like a fire. You have stored up treasure for the last days. Behold, the wages you withheld from the workers who harvested your fields are crying aloud, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on earth in luxury and pleasure. You have fattened your hearts for the day of slaughter. You have condemned. You have murdered the righteous one. He offers you no resistance. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Jesus replied, Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. 
It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Forgive me for saying this, but today's readings make Christianity sound a little bit like a pyramid scheme. You guys have heard of pyramid schemes before, of course. Um, there's a distinction between an illegal pyramid scheme and what they call a, a multi-level marketing company that is legitimate. Generally, the uh, illegal version, the pyramid schemes, focus almost exclusively on recruiting other people into the organization versus actually selling the company's products to actual consumers. And then, and then once you get these salespeople in the organization, you pressure the salespeople into purchasing inventory that they might not even be able to sell, and also into paying fees and training costs that they'll never recoup. But both pyramid schemes and multi-level marketing uh, organizations place a heavy emphasis on uh, what they would call saturating the market by getting as many salespeople in the game as possible and promising that those sales reps most successful in recruiting others will soon be rolling in money with no need to ever work another day in their lives. That sounds like a pretty good deal, right? But you know the old saying, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. Anyway, for our scriptures today, uh, in our first reading, we hear from the book of Numbers. And uh, we quote Moses here, who says, Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all. Now, these are the words of Moses to the 70 elders who have recently received the spirit of God uh, in order to help Moses lead the people on their desert journey. This outpouring of the spirit was uh, actually a response to a request from Moses who was complaining that the people were wearing him out with their constant demands and complaining and resisting every word he spoke. And to be fair, Moses was likely dealing with about 600,000 people. So to want some help is hardly a selfish request, right? But the Lord directs Moses to gather together 70 elders to receive these uh, the Spirit, to receive prophetic gifts to help Moses out. For whatever reason, two of those 70, Eldad and Medad, don't show up to the tent to receive the Spirit with the others. And yet the Lord bestows the Spirit on the two of them anyway. And they're back in the camp, and they start prophesying to the people in the camp before the others even get back. The other elders get back, they see what's going on, and they get angry because Eldad and Medad didn't follow rules, and they were bold enough to speak in the Lord's name without even being in the place they were supposed to be. Now, as a rule follower myself, I get their resentment. The rebel always seems to find a way to draw attention to himself or herself, and frankly, it makes me crazy and, and uh, you know, I guess hurts my pride a little bit. But Moses tells the complainers to stop being such crybabies. He says that the Lord chooses to use these two guys, despite their inability to follow directions perfectly, so be it. The goal isn't for everyone to be drones, to be the same as everybody else, but for everyone in the world to know and praise the Lord God and to proclaim his name to everyone, right? The focus needs to be on outcomes, not on methods. Outcomes, not methods. I kind of like that. Could be a good business model. Anyway, in the gospel, the names are changed, but the message sounds very much the same. We hear in the gospel, at that time, John said to Jesus, teacher, 
we saw somebody driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he doesn't follow us. And Jesus replied, don't prevent him. There's no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Now, John's the complainer, right? And it seems like he doesn't like anyone stealing the spotlight from him. He's among the chosen 12, not this guy who's out doing it on his own, right? He's not one of the chosen. Why is he out, you know, performing mighty deeds and, and drawing all the attention to himself? But Jesus has to slap John around a little bit and remind him that there is a world to evangelize out there. Unlike Jesus, John isn't God, and neither are the other 11. They can't bilocate. They can't be everywhere. They can't get to every person. They each have their strengths, to be sure, but they also have their weaknesses. And frankly, some people just don't like the smell of fishermen, and John is a fisherman. So there's that. Jesus knows that it's all about adding recruiters to the team, all about adding salespeople and saturating the market. And if they all do it, and they all do it right, They'll all be rich soon enough. Now, it may seem like our second reading from the letter of St. James is kind of out of place, doesn't have anything to do with the gospel or uh, the reading from the Old Testament. James just seems to be beating up on the wealthy people who foolishly place more faith in their material possessions than on serving the Lord. And that certainly is a very real temptation. After all, Jesus said that it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus doesn't certainly, certainly doesn't mince words in uh, when he says those things. But scripture rarely has only one meaning. So let's zero in a little bit more on what James has to say and see if we can find out or figure out how this might relate to our other readings today. The last part of the reading, James says this, you have lived on earth in luxury and pleasure. You have fattened your hearts for the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the righteous one, he offers you no resistance. Now, that might sound familiar to you because it sounds a lot like the suffering servant song from Isaiah that we heard two weeks ago in the first reading and the reading from the book of wisdom that we heard last week when the just man, quote unquote, seemed obnoxious to us. When we claim sole possession of the gospel, do we not fall into the same temptations as the one who is rich? When any one of us professes to have special knowledge or authority to do what no one else can do, isn't the risk that we make ourselves into gods, jealous gods, who like in the uh, ancient Greek mythology are threatened by and, and have to take vengeance on their enemies? But see, Moses had the right idea. He knew he couldn't lead 600,000 people. He didn't know everything, and he didn't have unlimited strength. He also wasn't going to live forever. He knew the only way to conquer the world for the Lord was to saturate the market with those filled with the Lord's Spirit, sort of like an evangelical pyramid scheme. That doesn't mean there wasn't going to be a hierarchy. Moses was still in a unique role, you know, was sort of the leader. But the Spirit had to be given some room to move as the Spirit wanted to move in order for the God's will to actually be done. I know what it's like to be in positions of power and influence. You know, in the business world, you know, I had authority and power and different rules that I had. And of course, I've had that in the church as well. My education, my experience, you know, quote unquote, qualified me for those positions and gave me necessary tools, uh, you know, to do the job if I use them wisely. But I had to listen to those above me and to those below me 
in order to lead effectively. And I had to be entrusted with authority and responsibility. And I had to be willing to entrust authority and responsibility to other people in order to achieve the result that I wanted. Put another way, I had to trust people and people had to trust me, even when I or they didn't do it perfectly or exactly the way that I would have wanted it done or that others might have wanted it done. The church is called Catholic for a reason. Catholic means universal, remember. There are no less than 24 different valid liturgies in the church with roots in countless cultures and, and, and times throughout the world. We found a way in recent years to invite and incorporate Anglican worship traditions to make it easier for Anglicans who want to become Catholic to become Catholic, despite the difficult history that brought the Church of England into being in the first place. Pope St. Uh, Pope St. Paul VI, whose feast day is today, by the way, happy feast day, Pope St. Paul VI. Pope St. Paul was the first pope in nearly a thousand years to formally recognize the Orthodox Church. And Pope St. Paul, uh, Pope St. John Paul II was the first pope since St. Peter, we think, to enter into a Jewish synagogue and the first pope ever to pray in a mosque. And yet, we can become so rigid within our own walls, so afraid to listen to each other and to admit that maybe, just maybe, somebody that challenges our methods, our beliefs, pushes our boundaries a little bit, could actually be a prophet, the voice of the Spirit crying out to be heard. The gospel is good news, good news, and yet less people, not more, are hearing it and believing it. Shouldn't that tell you, shouldn't that tell us that something's wrong? We're far from market saturation, guys. And it seems like we've gotten better at convincing people why our product isn't for them rather than why they can't live without it. Moses wasn't afraid to cry out and ask for help. And so why are we? Can we not trust the Spirit to lead us and to lead others who are called to preach the gospel also? And you know, the Spirit can smack us around a little bit if we go astray. We can trust Him to do that, I think. I was reading about the pyramids of Egypt the other day. They were built as burial vaults and monuments to the ancient rulers, the ancient pharaohs of the Egyptian empire and their uh, consorts. The size of the pyramids and the stone used to build them were, like heaven, meant to last for eternity. And their shape you know, that the upward sort of shape probably represents a symbolic path to the heavens for the deceased ruler. But the Pharaoh knew he couldn't build the pyramid himself. In order to get to heaven, he required the help of many engineers, overseers, and yes, many, many lowly slaves. The way to heaven is, in reality, a pyramid scheme. Too good to be true? Well, I guess we'll see in time. But it's a risk worth taking because we'll never get rich on our own. Have a great Sunday.